The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. The first story is a boy from Steyrot. His name is Itai. And Itai was supposed to have his bar mitzvah on Simchas Taira of this year. And he prepared a whole year. His bar mitzvah day was Simchas Taira. He was going to lane the laning of Simchas Taira. And he was so excited. And all of his friends, all of his relatives were coming to Steyrot for that Shabbos in Simchas Taira. And of course, we know what happened. There was no bar mitzvah because everybody had to go into hiding that morning. And Itai got very depressed. His family was moved out of Steyrot. They were living and they are living in a hotel somewhere in Yerushalayim. A lot of the people are living in hotels throughout the country. Itai and his family are living in a, in a hotel room in Yerushalayim. It sounds very luxurious. Imagine sitting in a hotel room, as fancy as it might be, for a for hundred days. It's not geschmack. Hotel is nice if it's a nice hotel, and you're there for a few days, and then you, you're able to go home again. You don't want to be stuck a whole family in a hotel room. That's not geschmack. Even with a big Israeli breakfast, it's... I've been on many recruiting trips and like, you know, after two days of those Israeli breakfasts, Kalas, just give me a cup of coffee and I'm good. But Itai was very depressed. How could HaKadosh Baruch Hu do this to me? How could he ruin my bar mitzvah? Does he not want to hear me lane? Is that what it's all about? Is that the message that I should take? And he was sitting depressed since Simchastaira in his hotel room and he was struggling with these philosophical issues. And there was a, a Rebetzin who lived nearby and she was a trauma specialist. And she came to the hotel and she was asking the families in the lobby, is there anyone here that would like to speak to me, to talk to me about their problems? And, you know, Israelis are very often very strong-minded and a little stubborn and we're fine. Go speak to some people in the hospital. We're good. We're, we're going to be fine. We're going to tough it out. We're pushing through. We're good. She said, okay. And then somebody said, by the way, there's one boy that looks very sad, looks very depressed. He could probably use a schmooze with you. His name is Itai. And she tracked him down and he asked all these questions to her, like, why did Hashem do it to me? How could he do it to me? Does he not want to hear me, Lane? What should I take? What's the takeaway? How could this happen? And he was crying and she let him cry and she let him speak to him as long as he needed to. But she said, tell me the story. Tell me exactly what happened that Shabbos. She said, he said, I'll tell you. He said, my entire family converged on Steyrot, my extended family, including my mother's brother, my dod Yossi, my uncle Yossi, who was a chayal. And he, was, he got a petur. He was supposed to be on, on active duty that Shabbos, but he got a petur to come to my bar mitzvah. And he came, he stayed in the house next door to ours. And he came in his uniform and with his radio, with his gun, with his Uzi. And Shabbos morning, the davening, Simchaser morning was supposed to be at 7.30 in the main shul. Six o'clock in the morning, my uncle started hearing crackling on the radio, saying that there's been an infiltration. And he hopped that it was very nearby. And he went running out into the streets. He told his sister, do not let anyone out of the house. Everyone should go into hiding into the shelters. He went from house to house and he went to the shul. The Gabe was about to open up the door of the main shul where the bar mitzvah was supposed to be. And he says, keep the doors locked and say, nobody is allowed to come in. There's been an infiltration and we have to, we have to take care of the problem first. Let everybody stay at home. And then the Arabs taka came into Steyrot, there was some, and the IDF were able to push back against them. There was a lot of fighting, intense fighting, but ultimately 
the IDF was able to kill the terrorists, and Baruch Hashem, that whole community, Itai's family, etc., were, were saved that day. So the Rebetzin says to Itai, she says, let's reframe what happened. Instead of looking at it like it was a klala that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent this whole incident, the whole Simchas Taira uh, tragedy on your bar mitzvah, because of your bar mitzvah, your entire community was saved. If not for your bar mitzvah, your uncle wouldn't be in town. If your uncle wasn't going to be in town, we wouldn't have, you wouldn't have any idea that there was an infiltration. Your entire city would have looked like all the other communities, all the other settlements that were near Sterot that were completely, you know, eviscerated during that Simchas Taira day in terrible, hard, unspeakable atrocities. And you were saved, your whole community was saved because of you. And all of a sudden she saw there was a sparkle in his eye, he was macabre. The next day she came back and he was alive again. And he was playing with his friends and he was, he was no longer depressed, he was, he was invigorated. His bar mitzvah was the catalyst of saving everybody's life. The sap came up through the darkness of, of times. The worst of days in Israeli history was a time that the sap began to rise. This turnabout came about with a realization that it's precisely in times of great challenge and great struggle that we become stronger. There's another story that's told about another bar mitzvah boy during this tkufa. There's a Judaica store somewhere in Eretz Israel that's owned by a, a person called Noam. He's a Svardi Balabayas, and he had, he had a Svarim store, and he did a lot of personalized embroidery of talus bags, of twillin bags. And he had, on the day of Simchas Taira, he and everyone else were in total shock. For the next few days, he didn't go back to his store because there were no people on the streets. Everybody was in mourning. Everybody was in shock. Nobody was going to shop at all. And finally, after a week or so, he comes back to his store and he starts trying to take care of the outstanding orders. And he looks through a whole pile of personalized palace bags, fill-in bags, yarmulkes, whatever it was on his desk in the store. And he, he sees that one fill-in bag was for a bar mitzvah boy. His name is Yagel Yaakov. And he sees that he's from kibbutz, kibbutz near Oz. Nero's is one of the kibbutzim that, that suffered tremendous losses on Simchas very near the, the border with Gaza, and the Hamasniks, Yemach Shemam Zichram, came in, and they, they, they did terrible, terrible things in kibbutz Nero's. And they took a lot of hostages from there. And he had a bad feeling, Noam, about this boy, like something was off. Nero's a boy, and he didn't hear from the mother from the parents, nothing, no, no follow-up. But there was a phone number on the, on the receipt, and he calls the number, and the mother picks up, and he says, you know, there was an order placed, Noam, from the Judaica store, bar mitzvah boy, Yagel Yaakov. What's the story? Uh, so she says, you know, unfortunately, my son, Yagel Yaakov, and his brother, his older brother and his father were all taken hostage on Simchas Torah and haven't spoken to him, haven't heard from him. His bar mitzvah is in about, about a month. 
but um, a month and a half, and and but I haven't heard from him. He's in he's deep in Gaza somewhere. So he says, he says I'm sorry. He says I want to. I'll give you a full discount on the order. I understand. I'm very sorry. I'm going to daven for him. She says, what are you talking about? What do you mean a discount on the order? He's going to be home. He's going to come home any day. And he's going to have his bar mitzvah. And he's going to need his talit, his tefillin bag with his tefillin in it. And uh, and you're going to send it to me ASAP. You're going to send it to me right away. I need it for, his, for the bar mitzvah. And he was like thinking to himself, you know, this woman is out of her mind. I mean, that's not happening at this time. The IDF didn't even go into Gaza yet. It was still early in the, in the, right after, after some Chastair. They didn't yet move in to push into Gaza. And there was no chance in anyone's mind that any hostages would be returned at this point. And, but he didn't want to burst her bubble. So he said, okay, fine. And he sent it to her and they finished the transaction. So what happened was that Erev his bar mitzvah, on the 53rd day of his captivity, he was freed. Him and his brother were freed. His father is still there, but him and his brother were freed. He was returned to Eretz Yisrael, to his mother's arms. He was sitting in, in the hospital, be, recuperating from his trauma, and they had a small bar mitzvah party in the hospital room, and he put on his tefillin for the first time there. The amazing PS of this story is that on the 53rd day of the uh, uh, of his being hostage, when he was freed, the corresponding capital Tillim, capital Nun Gimel, 53rd chapter of Tillim, ends with the following Pasuk. Who will give from tzia, for Tzion the Yeshua, the salvation of Yaakov? Where in Eretz Yisrael are we going to be able to find any Yeshua for Yaakov? The answer is when HaKadosh Baruch Hu returns the captives of his nation, Shvus Amai, Yogel Yaakov, Yismach Yisrael. Yogel Yaakov, that was the Bar Mitzvah boy's name. On the 53rd day of his captivity when he was freed, the 53rd capital of Tillim, speaking about how there's going to be evil perpetrated in the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we need your Yeshua. And the Pasuk, the capital ends with this amazing Pasuk. Yeshua is Yaakov. How are we going to find in Eretz Yisrael the Yeshua for Yaakov? When HaKadosh Baruch Hu will return the captives of his nation. Yogel Yaakov. Then Yaakov will rejoice. Yismach Yisrael. Klai Yisrael will be happy again. The greatest Yeshua comes from those moments of Tsar. The Tsara breeds salvation. It's not a contradiction. It actually is the agitator. It's the, it's the catalyst to bring about great hope for Klai Yisrael. When we have in our personal lives Tsaris, and it's horrible, whether it's physical, it's mental, it's financial, it's emotional, it's it's social, whatever the with family issues, whatever we have, we all have issues. Every single person in this room has issues galore. Those are blessings. You can look at it as your greatest crutch, or you can look at it as your greatest salvation. The greatest hope is when things look so dark, feel so empty in our lives, feel we feel isolated, alone, pained. Understand that at that moment is exactly 
the moment of greatest growth. If you react normally to it and you respond well to it and you're able to push through and be able to endure the pain for the moment, understand that there will be greatness following it very shortly. Precisely because we've lived through the hardship, we're able to experience great Yeshua. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.